hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the bar, to the down, to the break, to the down. Me and Mikey are here. Mikey still has a child. He has kept his child alive and well. Astonishing, oh, I know. Three weeks. Three, three weeks, a world record for Mikey. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, we're, we're super pumped, man. We've got uh, a dope episode coming up. We had uh, Sean from uh, life itself hanging with us and we will uh, lead you into that momentarily. But uh, before we get into our episode, um, we got to talk, we kind of talked about it a little bit with uh, Sean at the very end of the episode, but uh, some information is leaked uh, regarding uh, some potential uh, jerseys and some throwbacks coming out. So uh, what have you heard about, uh, about all that. I know they're saying that maybe we might get those old school nineties, uh, pen pens jerseys coming back. What else have you seen? Yeah, man. Um, it seems like every team is going to be allowed to have like a reverse retro, Sick. which I think is cool. Um, obviously it instantly sparks the debate with, within the Islanders, you know, fan base of, Oh, of are they going to bring a fisherman back? And if they don't, they're stupid. Oh, like, I agree. I agree. Like, can you imagine a map? Like, if Matt Barzell actually plays a game in a fisherman jersey, that's going to be like the highest selling Islanders <laughs> jersey, like instantly. Yeah, I mean that. Um, and you know, very very fitting. Uh, you know, since uh, I I think we probably even touched about it, but if we didn't, you know, they all but announced that uh, I guess the Islanders are playing uh, at the Coliseum, right? So, um. Who knows I what mean, that really means? Like, yeah, I, I guess that's this true, upcoming but... season. Who knows? Like, there, it might be no fans in the building. So, like, I, I think it is a, at least a place where they could play the games on yeah. Long Island. But like, if 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 that like crumbles and that deal falls apart, like hmm? honestly, if there's no fans in the building, like they could play their games at Iceworks, like where they practice, because that's yeah, a state of the art facility too. Yep. You're absolutely right. You know, they could. Um, I just think, you know, kind of the, the ghosts of the Coliseum and, you know, having having them playing in those fishermen jerseys there uh, would be kind of something to see. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we there just had some news come out that uh, like the entirety of the <laughs> of the Raiders offensive line uh, contracted COVID, you know, so I mean. Uh, the NFL is in dire straits. I mean, you've seen it all through the season. You've seen games get postponed and moved and, you know, star players have to sit and all this kind of stuff. So it's um, it's kind of wild. And you hope that it doesn't extend to to hockey when it gets back going again. They did a really good job, uh, but they were in a bubble. 
You know, so we talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, how do you think, you know, these younger, you know, because hockey being a younger game, you got 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds and all this stuff, you know, it's kind of difficult to have a young kid who's got a little bit of, little bit of scratch in their pocket being a professional NHL player, not confined to a bubble, you know, are we going to see this kind of stuff? Do you think? Unfortunately, I think so. I feel like, you know, the, the trend is like, you know, people get more sick over the winter time and, and during colder months. That's true too. And so like, you know, even though, we're we're kind of being preached at that like we're we're through this covid but i think we we're not even in the thick of it and like you know i i i think a lot could change in the next couple of you know weeks months um mm-hmm. i i know that the nhl has already just come out and said that they've postponed like the all-star week they've also postponed like the winter classic so like yep. i i i think what that is kind of like hinting at is like you know that january like early january late december start date might be pushed a little further out than what we were were, you know hoping and anticipating Mm -hmm. because it's not like anything's not like official yet yep so if if things take a turn for the worse man like it could be a little while before we have them return to hockey just because you know as you're seeing with the nfl and like what you just hinted at like you know that having zero cases when you're not in a bubble is just not really realistic. Like it, it's, yeah. we're, we're all going to know people who are going to be affected by this unless, you know, we, we start to really take it for what it is and like mm-hmm. take COVID for how serious it is because, yep. you know, it isn't back to normal life. And, you know, I, I think, Hockey also has to to understand that, and I think that's why they haven't come out and said like, "Oh, we're gonna have a December one start date or a January one start date." Like, yep, they kind of want to see what's coming as well. Yeah, the the whole the fluidity in it, and and you know, at the end of the day, call it what it is. As much as we love hockey, and as much of it's a part of our lives, it is only a game. You know, so if we need to, you know, push the start date from January 1 to January 15th or January 30th or, you know, whatever needs to be done to make sure that, you know, we we can follow protocols and do things safely, then that's what has to be done. Or, you know, if the season needs to be shortened or truncated again, I mean, that's what has to be done. You know, we were so lucky, really lucky that we got the past, you know, two and a half months of this incredible hockey that we got to see this playoff hockey dramatic awesome stuff but we're lucky i mean like you know they the nhl could have very well just been like nope you know we can't do it not safe not you know not worth it see you guys next year but you know they they really kind of put it together in a way that the the presentation was great and they did it safely so that's what's most important to me because i want to see hockey but i don't you know, want the Islanders to go on like an eight game winning streak. And all of a sudden they're, you know, due to play the lightning and, you know, the whole team gets COVID. And then all of a sudden it's got to get shut down for two weeks. You know, I I just, I want it however it can be presented and safe. So we've talked about that before. And I think that's, that's, that's a super important thing. And I think the NHL is committed to that. So, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, man. But, you know, I, I think having like these fun, silly, 
kind of jersey conversations is just you know it it's that off season kind of stuff that it, it kind of keeps you going through with 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 no hockey. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm all for it. Um, you know, obviously there's some great jersey leaks that like you know fans have created and like some other like you know jersey websites have created like they're nothing official yet and some Mm -hmm. of them are are freaking awesome like that islanders fisherman one like mock-up that i sent you yep that i came across like i would buy buy that in a second like the only thing i think is missing from it is like the, the the lighthouse shoulder patch that used to be on the original fisherman like, yep, I would yep. like to see that on that mock-up I agree. to make it just like even just like even just a little bit better. Um, oh, sure. The the San Jose Sharks one that I saw that came out, like it, it's like uh, paying homage to the, the Seals. Like they, okay. it used to be a team like I, I, I don't even know, probably like, like I think it was Cal- California Seals, I think. Yeah, like Golden like Seals or something. Yeah. That that one's a, a little bit of a stretch. I like the color scheme that I saw with it, but like the the, the logo doesn't do anything for me. Um, but I, I think it'd be cool to see like you know some of the younger teams that don't really have like retro jerseys per se. Yeah, like you know like the Florida Panthers. Like I I think it would be cool if they went back to like their original like John Van Beesbrook jersey. Like you know when yeah. they, <laughs> when they were throwing rats on the ice like. <laughs> that that Florida Panthers jersey. I like, mean, and you know the I'd funny thing is, like, it. I would I would love to see that, and I would love to see like, you know, like the the Avs like play a game, you know, in in, in Nordiques jerseys, you know, well, like dude, like no joke. There have been like some people who have surfaced some like promo photos that they've come across, and like okay. you could see that like there's like baby blue gloves. Wow. But like people, some like Colorado Avalanche fans are saying like, "Oh, that's like from the stadium series." But like others are like, "I don't know, like it could be a Nordiques like kind of throwback." Which yeah, that'd be cool as hell too. I would love that. I would really love that, man. Like I would love to see, um, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, the teams that have moved around. Like obviously, like you know, the the Dallas Stars playing in in North Stars jerseys. You know, and uh, um, you know. Even like, you know, even like defunct teams, it would be kind of, kind of cool. Well, I mean that, I guess that, that doesn't really have a, um, like a line of sight, but you know, unfortunately, but like, uh, you know, any of that kind of stuff would be, just be super cool. Just to, even if you saw it for a game or two, just, uh, to kind of harken back so like to the old the, days. The Winnipeg Jets playing like in an Atlanta Thrashers jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A Thrashers jersey or, um, um, oh, there's a, uh, there's another team that moved that I can't think. Well, technically. The, 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 the Win- Winnipeg is weird because Winnipeg moved to Phoenix. And then when the Thrashers were like just a straight up expansion team, I think. And then when they folded, they ended up like moving to Winnipeg again. So I don't know. I love that kind of stuff. It's super cool. Whenever I would play, you know, NHL video games and, you know, we talk uh, a little bit about that with, with Sean too. Uh, I would always, uh, you know, use like those, uh, you know, like throwback jerseys and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I love it. I totally love it. But uh, enough of our yammering on and on. Um, we got a great interview coming up with uh, Sean from uh, Life Itself. Uh, super duper great band, heavy band. Um, we uh, you'll you'll he- you'll hear us talk with Sean. Who uh, I'll, I'll even I'll I'll call him out on it. it we're in our uh, 
you know, we're kind of in our pre-interview state and he's like, well, you know, guys, and just, you know, ask me questions and I'll try my best to follow, you know, I'm more of a, a question and answer guy. And, you know, my man regales us with stories and all this stuff. So he's, you know, he, he's definitely uh, not giving himself enough credit. He, it was an awesome interview and uh, great to talk to him. So, uh, really, uh, you know, check out our, our, our playlist. We're going to have, uh, some life itself tunes on there and you can really hear how, how dirty heavy they are. Awesome shit. I uh, hope you enjoy our interview with Sean, and uh, we will see you on the other side of it. Hands up, don't shoot! Hands up! Everything I ever see is just a fucking state! Life on the beat, turning everything! Don't let this get to me! Don't let this get to me! We feel men pulling the strings, often say so forcefully, negativity! go boys another episode of bar down breakdown coming at you like a like a wrister <laughs> up there top chatted air and we've got our uh, our buddy sean from life itself with us hanging with us he's going to uh talk a little bit of devil's hockey and uh, a little bit about uh their uh, newest release and uh that heavy heavy shit sean what's going on man how are you good how are you guys doing glad to be here Excellent, man. We're we're doing good. We are uh, in the thick of it. Obviously, we've um, you know removed from the end of the season, hitting free agency trades of plenty. Um, have you been keeping up with any of the moves the Devils have been making? Anything uh, you got to shout? Anything you're excited about? Have at it, man. Uh, the best I can. Uh, obviously, uh, Devils 
haven't really existed uh, in many many months. But yeah. uh, I try try to keep it up. Uh, they've been doing doing some trades, some uh, some good signings, some good stuff in the in the draft. So I'm definitely excited for what this year is going to be. Now, yeah, for sure. You guys got Corey Crawford from the Blackhawks. How are you feeling about that? Because I know that you had what what's his name, Mackenzie Blackburn. Like uh, Blackwood, Blackwood, that kind yeah. of, uh, you know, for, for people from the outside looking in came out of nowhere and like, you know, everything that ended up happening with Corey Snyder, you were just kind of like, Whoa, I, you know, you guys kind of, kind of put all the chips in for him. And then, you know, we're, we're, we're benching him for this kid that, you know, a lot of, you know, outsiders who aren't devil fans had no idea who this kid was, but then, mm-hmm. You know, we you know I I figure that he would just be the number one guy, but then you guys go after Corey, Corey Crawford, and it's like, all right, so I guess Crawford's going to be the number one guy, or maybe they'll uh, do like one of the one A one B kind of situations. From from what I'm told, I thought well originally like when I first saw that signing, uh, I was there was definitely a lot of good goalies that were available uh, this off season. Uh, as people kept getting signed, I guess the days were going on and, and uh, in free agency, I was getting more and more disappointed that they weren't picking up anybody good. Uh, but Corey Crawford's still a good guy, good veteran. Um, I thought it was going to be more of like a tandem, like maybe they're going to split the season 50-50. But actually today, uh, I forgot why I read it, but they were saying that Blackwood is still going to be the number one. And they're just looking at Crawford to be the number two guy to kind of mentor him uh, and just kind of show him the ropes a little bit. Okay, yeah. And I, I was talking to Anna from Fearless today, and I was like, hey, as long as you guys just keep Corey Crawford away from <laughs> Rise Against shows, like everything will be all right. <laughs> do, you, do you know about yeah, that story? Uh, refresh my memory one more time. So, like, because it'll, it'll be good for the episode. Yeah, a few years ago, like, out of nowhere it kind of was announced that like he was hurt and like blackhawks fans were like wait what happened like why is he hurt and then like videos started surfacing of him Mm -hmm. at a rise against show like in the pit and like apparently apparently he like no i I do not know the story yeah and apparently he like shattered like some of like some like either his leg or or a, a knee or something from being at a rise against show Oh my god! Well, no, that's 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 a really really cool story. I actually did not know. Uh, that's cool when you uh, find out that uh, hockey dudes are into into good music. Not many, not many. Yeah, We're now really yeah. finding that out that Definitely they pretty much like garbage music, but at least there's a few. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, you know, uh, Blackwood. He's he's a good goaltender. They also picked up, uh, not picked up. They re-signed. Uh, Scott Wedgwood, who used to be a double a few years ago, and then uh, he'd spent a lot of years in the minors, and then he was... Was he the backup for Tampa Bay, or was he the, the third goalie for Tampa Bay this past season? I that, that name I haven't heard in a long time, so I'm guessing he was probably either <coughs> number three or maybe even in the A. Yeah, it could have been an A. You know, I just remember seeing pictures of him, because I still, I still follow him on social media uh, from when he was a double. And I've never seen him like in his Tampa Bay stuff holding the trophy, so I thought maybe he was the the backup who just didn't see any time. Yeah, that's that's possible. Yeah, he definitely didn't see any time from the games that I was watching. Yeah, no, but when when he was double, I he what was his record? I think like everyone like hailed him as like the next uh, Martin Brodeur because 
his first two starts he won and because he was two and zero everyone thought that uh he was going to be some great prolific goaltender but it turned out that was not the case he's still definitely uh a minor leaguer but but good guy he's got a good style um if either blackwood or crawford gets hurt and he gets uh, uh sent to to the show i'm definitely gonna be excited and gonna be rooting for him so it's kind of interesting to to think about because talking you know crawford and blackwood so blackwood is an rfa uh and to to date i don't think he's struck a deal yet uh, I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure it's going to happen. I, of course, I I think he was uh, tendered an offer. I don't remember what the the details were though. Oh, and did he did he did he accept the offer or is he? Um... I don't don't quote me if he did accept the offer or not. I just remember um, X amount of players were tendered offers, and he was one of them. Yeah, I, typically, like you you see, like you know, everyone that's an RFA on the team, like they'll, they'll throw an offer. And then, you know, some guys will go to arbitration, some guys right. will, will figure something out. But, you know, I, I, you'd have to think that he'll, uh, he'll, he'll get, you know, a, a decent sum of money. You know, he's, he's young, he's good. Uh, you know, he's really going to be your, your guy going forward. But you guys have uh, your work cut out for you. I mean, you know, three of your top guys, uh, you know, next year are, are UFAs. And, I mean, you know, I'm sure that's going to be your goal to, to sign them. That being, I think, um, Palmieri, uh, I think it's Zajac and... As one other guy, I can't think of of who it is, but uh, you know. So, looking at the amount of space you guys have, you know, I was just kind of messing around with cap friendly before, and I mean, you know, you guys got got we we, we already have a uh, plenty of cap space, even like right now. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I I'm sure that you'll be able to to make it happen, but you know, when you've got a lot of your um, you know, your kind of your your core of players that are you know up for uh, for for free agency, you know, it's always do they get resigned or does the team get kind of shaken up and you know, how does it look from there? So, you know, for you guys like Palmieri and Zajac, I think, uh, you know, like, um, Murray too, um, are all, you know, kind of looking for, for a better payday. So next season, you know, what are you expecting? You know, are you expecting all these guys are, are going to, you know, stay on the team and get paid or you think they're going to go elsewhere or we think you're going to try to make moves for them. What do you, what do you see for the future? I see Paul Mary staying with the Devils. Um, from what I hear, he definitely enjoys being here. Uh, I forget. I think it's Milltown. He's he's a Jersey boy, so I think he would like to stay around here. Okay, there you go. Um, so I see him getting a nice a nice payday, getting a nice contract. Uh, Zajac, I don't know. I think I don't remember his his cap hit. I think it's like five point five mil, something like that, yeah, or five million dollars. I think he's expensive. Yeah, but. Uh, I think like when like they originally did that deal in the first place, a lot of people were upset because um, they didn't think that he was worth it. Mm-hmm. But you know nowadays, uh, everyone getting everybody's getting ten million dollar contracts. So when you really think about the grand scheme of things, five million dollars really isn't that much. Yeah. Um, but but he's he's getting up there in age, so I I don't know what they're gonna do with him. Um, personally, I I like him. I think he's a good two way player. He's he's great for defense. I don't remember what his his plus minus is but uh he's obviously uh, a fan favorite you know from yeah. from the last group of uh dudes who went to the the stanley cup final mm-hmm. um so i would like to see him stay and uh you said murray like ryan murray who we just picked up in the yeah draft. yeah i think yeah he's just you know you got him for for a year and then uh um there's someone else that i can't think of uh that um uh, is, is a forward for you guys it, it'll it'll i'm sure it'll come to me at some point 
Who's it, UFA? Uh, yeah, well, he'll be a UFA next year. Uh, but I, uh, I'm not I don't sure. know. Cause it'll, right like now, I said, it'll, it'll come to me at some point and I'll, I'll just, I'll yell it out probably while we're, right. We're in the middle of talking <laughs> about poison the well or something. And I'll just right. be like, Sam! you know, so <laughs> yeah, cause, cause right now we got, uh, I think like the, the top 12 guys is like, uh, Hughes, he share, uh, Palmieri, Gusev, Gusev, Zatak. That's Gusev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. They only signed him on a, on a, a two year deal. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I wasn't very impressed, uh, with his, his first year. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, from, from the little, I, you know, from the little I've, I've seen in, in following the devils, I know it was a little lackluster. Uh, and then I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, uh, you know, the, the PK experiment. And I know he's really divisive amongst <sighs> devil fans talking about it so based, based on that long sigh. I, I, I have a feeling you have a, an opinion. So, uh, he's, he's a character yeah. for, uh, for sure. Um, but you know, having good character, being, having good character in your team, doesn't always translate into wins because mm-hmm. uh, you know what is he a, I think it's a, a nine million dollar cap hit for someone who's uh, a minus 21 I know people think that uh, plus minuses is kind of arbitrary but uh, from all the games I've watched I've seen a lot of, of blunders on his end and I don't think that it's gonna be worth it oh yeah um, I, I see a trade coming uh, at the trade deadline next year with him yeah I mean if you can if you can move that that money or even you know you know, buy some of it out or, or something where you yeah, know, retain some salary. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's going to be a good move for you guys. Like I said, especially, um, you know, even though you've got good cap space, you know, freeing up, uh, you know, all the space you need to, you know, to sign your core guys and then, you know, go out and, and, and get some other pieces. So, uh, but I think, um, you know, this, this upcoming season, I think is going to be an interesting one. I think, uh, the Metro is, um, is going to be a, a very interesting division to watch. You know, a lot of, Definitely. A lot of moving parts happened in, uh, in free agency. And, you know, you saw a lot of guys go over to the West, but you did see a lot of guys come over East as well. And then, you know, the big thing is with Rangers signing, you know, signing and, and drafting, you know, Lafreniere and, uh, you know, yeah. him and him and, you know, and, and Panarin on a team, you know, it's, that's, it's just scary, especially if you're an Islander fan, it's, that's super scary. So should yeah. be interesting to see how that plays yeah. out too. As, as, as a devil's fan, I am going to be very closely watching the Rangers uh, this upcoming year because oh, Aaron, yeah. he's outstanding. Uh, yeah. Alexi, I believe he's going to be a generational player. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely watch. Yeah, uh, Zibanejad, always a great player. Uh, Shesterkin, uh, yeah. he's going to be a fantastic goaltender for years to come, I believe. Yeah, um, ab- absolutely. I, I think uh, their, their, their Achilles heel, though, is, is going to be their defense, though. They, they need to figure something out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they, um, they've always been trying to, uh, you know, those, those nineties years with, you know, what, what they, what they had was, you know, absolutely incredible. But, uh, you know, these days they, uh, they got a lot of, a lot of work to do there, but you know, the old story goes, if you've got, uh, you know, fantastic forwards that can score your defense, you know, can be a little lackluster. I don't know, man, as Toronto, how's that going for them? Well, that's true. (laughs) That's actually a good point, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got yeah, superstars they, that can put five or six in the net, you know, who knows? Right. Yeah. They, people say, you know, the best off, uh, best defense is a good offense. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, with Toronto, that's a good example where it doesn't always pan out. Um, but yeah, Rangers, they, they picked up Truba. That was a good one, but who else did they really have besides that? That yeah. clown, Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
freaking uh, hate him so much. And you know what the funny thing is, even we even we've had some Rangers fans on the on the pod who we start talking about Tony D'Angelo, even they are like, ugh, you know, like, you know, the the guys just got the opinion of an asshole, and uh, assholes all stink. But uh, you know, that being said, um, you know, like I said, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, you know, with the with the with the season ahead. So let's um let's kind of get a little bit more background. So, um, you know, before we, we started recording, you had, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, the, uh, the cup win back in, uh, I think we were, we said it was Oh three, you were young then, um, you know, what kind of memories do you have of that run to the cup? Uh, you know, that win, I know obviously being young, it's kind of vivid and colorful, I'm sure for you, but sometimes those memories can be a little hazy when you're young, but what yeah. do you remember from that? What uh, sticks out to you? Uh, the only I'll be I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, when I was a lot younger, hockey didn't mean as much to me as it does now. Like I wasn't as deeply involved. I was just kind of like a kid from New Jersey. The New, the Devils were doing great. Martin Brodeur was still obviously a superstar at that point. Um, so for me, just being a kid from New Jersey and having such a great team mm. to to root for that was just something that was just so fucking cool to me. Yeah. Uh, but again, like the, the details were, were kind of hazy where now I follow everything very closely. I kind of followed the team with a, like a fine tooth comb. And it's very unfortunate because uh, the team back then was way better uh, than the, the team that we've been dealing with the last several years. Oh yeah. For uh, sure. in, including the 11, uh, 12 season where they went to the, the cup final. That still wasn't even as good of a team yep. as a, you know, uh, Scotty and Nita Meyer and like uh, all those great guys. Oh yeah, man. You, what a great team. I was know? definitely were spoiled in the early two thousands and late nineties. Nah, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, you know, when you, when you just like look at that team, you know, in a snapshot, I mean, you got Langenbrunner and Eliash and obviously Scott Gomez and Neuendijk and uh, Scott Niedermeyer, um, you know, like Rafalski, Scott Stevens, all these guys. And, uh, right. obviously, you know, when you got Marty and net, you know, you know, uh, you know, you know, things yeah, basically, are right basically there. a third, a third defenseman. Hell yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, so, but Marty, I mean, you know, what a storied career. And it's one of those guys that, uh, you just have all the, the respect in the world for. And, uh, you know, I kind of like when you kind of, when you move away from some of these older, older hockey players, and I, you know, I, I don't mean to say older in that in a bad way but you know you move on from them they're not in the present state of mind right, and uh, they were doing, running that, on all those enterprise commercials i was just <laughs> that, that's just what i was gonna say is he came back into my perspective with uh those um those commercials where he's like the calder cup i won they're, that the yeah. Stanley cup, <laughs> it's, they're, I won they're, that. they're so corny just, they're I, so bad super corny but i mean like you know what a you know no no truer statement than you know uh, a premier premier goalie but you know guys guys got to make money you know even uh you know watching the hockey playoffs i mean how many times did you see that stupid uh whitney and bissonette commercial for like new amsterdam vodka i think oh, i could god. cite that yeah. commercial in my sleep yeah there was oh my god the the playoff one was the worst it was like the same four commercials oh the Hulu, charlie just on repeat. subway commercial Yep. Oh God, it's so bad. So five, bad. Five long. <laughs> just hearing that in my sleep. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh it's just wild, man, how uh how when you don't really watch cable very often. Like, you know, I the only reason I have cable is because I work for a cable company and they're giving it to me for free. Uh but you know, it was great to be able to watch hockey, but God man, I, I don't miss commercials at all. 
they're just like are, are like a thorn in my side. And like, when I go to sleep, I just dream about <laughs> dream about Paul Biss and just saying, thank you. <laughs> Miserable man. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, that, uh, that season for the, for the devils was, was crazy. And then, uh, you know, the, the heartbreak of, uh, you know, the season they, they went to the finals, you know, you being a little bit older, uh, you know, share some perspective on that. You know, do you remember, uh, you know, where you were when, uh, you know, when, when, when they lost, you know, that last game, do you remember? I, I, I do. Unfortunately, uh, I thought, I thought I repressed the memory until you guys brought it back up and now it's all coming back to me. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, at that point I was, I was just like working. I remember like there was nothing going on like the TV was on and I was just watching that game and, uh, oh, who was, uh, our coach at the time, Pete DeBoer, just like, uh, pulled the goalie. I think it was the finals for the last game. I think it was like five to one or six to one, something like that. And it really just added insult to injury. Yeah. Um, oh, and who was, uh, he's such a distant memory. Now that one player who took the five minute major that really fucked us in that one game. Uh, can you guys help me out or now you don't remember. Dude, I'm um, so bad. Wouldn't remember in things. I'm like, I can't even remember my own he, team. He's such a he's such an irrelevant player at this point now, but I remember he took like a five minute major, and that's what what, that no, it wasn't Salvador. He was a forward. Oh, Uh, was it was it um was it Bernier? It was Bernier. Yeah, that and he Uh, got the he got the game misconduct, didn't he? Uh, that was uh that was game six. Yeah, that was the that was the game. Yeah. Yep that that's what what sunk our fucking ship. Oof. That's rough. Didn't with, did the Islanders get him like the next year? Yes, indeed. Uh, I still, I still liked him as a player. Besides uh, that uh, yeah. terrible moment that killed our uh, our cup chances, but he he was a good player for the time. But uh, it is what it is now. Yeah, <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> so I guess um, we we touched on like you know, ha- how you rooted for the Devils, but we didn't really kind of get into, like, what sparked it. Like, it, it was it a, a family kind of tradition or just being a kid growing uh, up in New Jersey, it was kind of second nature? It was basically, yeah, second nature. Um, Believe it or not, no one in my family really that closely followed hockey. I think it was just, like, the fact that, like, in the 90s, the Devils were just so good. You can go into, like, uh, a Sears or any kind of department store, and there was just Devil's merchandise everywhere. Uh, so I just acquired so much of it as a, a kid that I just ended up rooting for the Devils. Um, when I was playing NHL '94, but that like everybody had growing up, uh, that definitely reinforced it. Oh, um, love NHL '94. Yeah, classic. <laughs> Which, did you have yeah, it for so Did you have it for Genesis or, or Super Nintendo? Uh, it was Genesis. Ah, see, there you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So I was a, I was a super Nintendo kid and, uh, I, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about it every, every episode that we, that's, you know, hockey video games get brought into it. I always bring this up, but like, I, it's a testament, those hockey video games to like my hockey fandom, uh, because, mm. you know, when I was seven or eight years old, you know, I never got the opportunity to see like any of the guys, you know, on, on the other side of the country. So, you know, I learned about all these hockey players that played over in the West by playing NHL 94, 95 and 96. And, 
you know, so that's how I learned about, you know, Korea and Solane. And that's how I learned about, you know, Bure and, you know, Trevor Linden and Jerome McGinley and mm. like all these guys that, you know, like it was, you know, too late for me to watch them when the Islanders played. Yeah. Uh, so you, you'd go uh, do that. But those games were just so much fun. And, uh, you know, even to this day, you know, I have uh, the latest you, uh, game I have. Uh, oh, go ahead. Did you pick up a uh, 21 when it came out? No, you know, I didn't. I'm, um, I stopped gaming for the most part. I'm kind of really behind. Like, I'm looking at my, uh, my bookshelf of, like, PS4 games, and, like, I still have, like, I, I kind of, like, I have maybe, like, 20 games or so, and there's probably 15 that I still haven't touched. But uh, I have NHL 17, and, like, I have, like, a pretty long franchise going on right now. I'm playing on, like, I'm playing on rookie mode, and, like, I think, like, I think, like, pad the stats. I literally, I think like John Tavares has like 145 goals through like 65 <laughs> games or something stupid like that. But, um, it, you know, I, I love the games. I just kind of fell out of love with playing video games. And I think part of that is just like, not having the time, you know, with, right. you know, work and life and all that nonsense. But, you know, when I was younger, it definitely was a big proponent of getting me into, into hockey. And it's, you know, super cool to hear that that kind of helped for you too. Um, so you know, talking about your you know, having having the Devils fandom and how how it's grown, um, and kind of using this to segue a little bit into talking about life itself. But did you have that kind of watershed moment where like you were super into hockey and then you got into music and then nothing else mattered for a hot second? Uh, definitely. That's just a really that's a great segue. Um, <laughs> because no, because when I was like old enough to like not be so stupid and little and like uncoordinated. Uh, I think it was like maybe I might've been like seven or eight years old. And like, I had this picture that well, like I have the memory burned into my head now forever. Uh, and it was like the first time my dad bought me a hockey stick and a pair of skates. And it was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. I'm just like the people in this game now. And again, still wasn't great, but you know, when you're little and you're just like playing like street hockey, like in your driveway, it's just like something that's always going to stick with you. Yeah. But, but unfortunately I, I grew up in a really, really small town in, in New Jersey and we didn't have like any kind of hockey programs in any of my schools. So I didn't get to actually like play for any teams until I was a lot older in life. Um, so then also simultaneously being parallel with my love for hockey was my love for, for music of all kinds. And I think a couple of years after that was when I got like my first, uh, guitar and I started taking guitar lessons and then you know I would be so obsessed with you know like watching bands on like MTV2 and like Headbangers Ball and things sure. like that absolutely um, and then definitely in my teenage years that's when it became all about uh, playing music and finding kids in my high school that like uh, like this kid who grew up in my town to play drums and like I started my first band in his basement and like things like that dude um, I love to hear that man that's 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 what we that's what we love to hear that's uh you'd you'd be so surprised at how many people we've talked to who um who really bring that up they're like oh you know i had this period you know when i was like 16 or 17 where uh you know, i really started to get into music and you know i just thought you know sports were lame and i just you know <laughs> couldn't couldn't care less about it and then everyone ends up going through that period and then when they realize that like you can like more than one thing and you know like it's it's totally cool to be into hockey or football and also you know, play music, they, you know, they always come, come back to it and, and right. have a better it, appreciation for it. Yeah, definitely. Like it, it definitely all came full circle later in life. Um, and I had a, a deeper appreciation 
for sports and for music to be able to do both. And it's great that nowadays uh, it's it's kind of funny that like most people like both. And they, you know, like you go to like a, a hardcore show and you'll see, you know, ten thousand fucking kids in hockey jerseys. Yep. <laughs> in- <laughs> Absolutely. Which which is which is where this whole concept was was born out of is you know the whole idea that you know there's a a tremendous contingent of people who love hockey who play hockey who kind of live and breathe the sport and also live and breathe you know getting in the van and going on tour and all that kind of stuff so on that note um so life itself uh i'd love to hear about what got you into hardcore so was there a specific band a specific memory uh like a, a transition from like you know loving a certain kind of music and then like you've heard your first record and you were like, yeah, this is where I need to be. Uh, I, I think, yeah, definitely. When I was, uh, I think probably when I was like in the like, seventh grade, eighth grade, like were my first heavy bands I started listening to, it was like bands like weren't even that heavy for the time. It was like maybe, um, I think AFI was like my first exposure to like quote unquote heavier music. Okay. And then, uh, I think like after that was bands like Atreyu sure. and like, uh, bleeding through. Okay. Uh, were bands that like, I started to get to when I was like very very young, and uh, this is a great name drop. Hopefully he'll listen to this later. My cousin Mickey uh, played in a hardcore band. He was a few years older than me, and when I was like a freshman in high school, he was a senior in high school. And he was like, "Hey, what are you doing this Friday?" And I was like, uh, "I don't know. What do you mean?" He was like, "My band's playing a show at this VFW hall. I'm gonna pick you up, and you're gonna come." And I was like, "Oh." Uh, okay. And <laughs> it was nothing. It was nothing like a Treyu. It was nothing like, uh, like bands like that or like bleeding through. It was just like real hardcore. Like, uh, basically it was like his band sounded like terror. I think at that point. And it was, that was my first exposure to, to music like that. And awesome. I was like, wow, wow, this is, this is cool. Like I was like 13 years old and basically there by myself. But the fact that like I came to the show with him, he was like, this is my little cousin, Sean. He's cool. Don't let him get too hurt. And yeah. then from there, it was just, it took off. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so uh, I know you said you're, you're from a, a small town in Jersey. Where in Jersey were you from? I grew up in this town called Keyport. It's a uh, 117 on the parkway. Okay. And it's, it's less than a square mile big. Wow. Uh, now, I guess like the, you know, like the next biggest like city or hub in Jersey to you would have been where? Um, are you guys familiar with Middletown? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That that's probably the next like town like just where like you just see a sign and you you know what it is or where it is or maybe after that would be like a Red Bank or Asbury Park. Okay. You know, so it's funny because Jer- so Jersey has all these different pockets in it. And based on where you are in in Jersey, there's like I, I feel like there's different musical allegiances. So, you know, like if you're, you know, kind of like Cherry Hill, like right, you know, right across the bridge, like you kind of like you rep, you rep Philly. Right. And, you know, all the people that are, uh, you know, the the lifetime heads and, and, you know, Thursday, Thursday heads, you know, the rep New oh. Brunswick and like, yeah. You know, and then, uh, you know, like the, the Trenton scene and all that kind of stuff. So, like, where did you found that you you fit in the best as you were kind of coming up musically and growing up? Well, when I was growing up, Red Bank actually had a really big music scene. Awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been there or not. It's a, a pretty cool town. 
Um, but there are virtually no venues there anymore. Like, um, there was the, like the internet cafe where like a lot of hardcore shows would happen. I'm pretty sure that's like, uh, like our urban outfitters now, huh. or there was like another place called uh, chubby's. That was like a really cool venue that had great hardcore shows. And I think that's just like some like five-star restaurant now, like all <laughs> the places just got bought out and yep. there's pretty much no music scene in that town anymore. Um, but yeah, like definitely like when I was like a teenager growing up, the thing to do would either go to uh, like the Middletown Knights of Columbus, where like, every single week there was a show there, or uh, at the Internet Cafe, or uh, you know the Chubbies or any other bar in Red Bank. Like I said, there was always shows going on. Sometimes multiple shows happening the same night, and kids would just bounce from bar to bar and venue to venue to see all these different bands. And that was definitely a really cool thing that I appreciated growing up. I wish. Uh, kids nowadays have which i think that uh there's kind of a drought of places to to see shows oh yeah pre- you're absolutely right pre it, pre, um, pre-covid oh, of course yeah pre-covid yeah yeah right so <laughs> there's drought everywhere now yeah long you know long island was a lot that way too uh you know we uh we had a lot of small venues uh you know me and mikey basically grew up at this venue called the downtown uh you know it was like kind of right in the middle of long island and I think it's like a Croxley's Ale House now. And, um, you know, these smaller venues that uh, had these incredible shows. We had the opportunity to see, you know, such such cool stuff. And, you know, it's gone now. And you um, Long, now, Long Island was great. Um, yeah. I, I was afraid to hear that. Uh, was it? The, I think Revolution recently closed down. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Revolution was, um, you know, I see. I remember Revolution uh, it, before it was branded Revolution. That was um, uh, what was that? What was it called, Mikey? Dude, I've never even been to that venue. Because I really? would always go Oh, it was to... Ollie's Point is what it was. Oh, okay. And then it was something before that, too. But mm. but yeah, no, Re- Revolution shut down, which is a bummer. And I think that was, a, you know, the biggest factor was obviously COVID. And, uh, you know, it, it is great that, you know, now you're seeing a lot of the Save Our States, you know, Save Our Stages stuff kind of coming mm-hmm. to fruition, uh, you know, with uh, a lot of artists realizing that, you know, if we don't save these venues and stuff that once the world gets back to normal, no one's going to have any, anywhere to play. Uh, right. It's really, really scary. Uh, it really is. And especially it's, it's super scary for, for bands that, you know, may not be as established to just, you know, give a call to, you know, the big venue in, in Philly or the big venue in Manhattan or Brooklyn, right. You know, these smaller clubs that really, you know, need this time where it's vacant to stay alive is going to end up hurting these smaller bands that are trying to get out there and book their own tours and can't fill up 1500 cap venues and 2000 cap venues, you know, where are these smaller bands going to go so they can tour and grow. And it's kind of scary. You know, I think uh, because, you know, it it really puts a damper on, you know, a lot of these smaller bands abilities to, to get out there and play when they, when they need to. Um, So, you know, but it, it is good to hear that they're at least making a push to, preserve some of this so that when the world get back gets back to normal we can uh we can get out there and, and see some shows and bands will be able to play places and you know make some money and kind of get back to it right definitely and like some of those some of those like small venues they, they are they're open to a capacity like not for shows obviously but some of them have like uh obviously bars in them yeah and they have like no you know food to go drinks to go and things like that yep um and this is a plug to encourage people to go to those places uh, buy the food, buy their merchandise, buy drinks to go, and keep yeah. those places open. Because, um, like you said, uh, even even now, even before COVID, there 
are extremely few venues in New Jersey where that to have like a 100, 200, 300 cap place for smaller bands to go and play where it doesn't take much preparation to throw those kinds of shows together. But those always end up being the best shows because people always turn out to them. Whereas, uh, you know, a venue that has, like you said, a thousand plus people where, you know, it's booked out months in advance. Those tour managers, you have to do pre-sale tickets. Those are the harder venues that uh, it's hard for them to stay open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like we, yeah, we have like a, a great relationship with uh, this venue in Asbury Park, House of Independence. Um, I think they're doing okay right now. I haven't heard anything about them uh, being in danger of closing, but that's one of my. I haven't played many many places uh, outside of like the the Eastern Seaboard, but that's still uh, one of my favorite places to play. It's a great room, uh, great people who work there, um, and it would absolutely break my heart if anything ever happened to that place. Yeah, you know, especially since that's just like one isolated incident, but there's, you know, obviously these kind of venues that that are very similar, I'd imagine, that are shutting down their doors permanently. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just hope that, you know, they can bounce back or, or, or survive this. Um, it's just, it's scary for sure. It is, but, uh, but like me and everybody in the band, we're, we're doing our best to to be hopeful. And, and to ride it out, uh, obviously, lots of people had, had plans this summer. Lots of people in bands had plans this summer. Uh, we recently were picked up by uh, a management group. We were recently picked up by uh, a touring agency, and we had plans to tour all summer. But then uh, March came around, and everything got shut down. and uh, We uh, weren't able to, to do anything. So a lot of bands, they're, they're definitely fearful. Uh, about what they're what they're going to do next um but we have had a couple songs that we recorded that we were very excited about and we were just kind of delaying the release because we didn't know what to do with it because there was so much uncertainty um but you know finally we decided you know we we can't wait anymore you know because music is something that we're very passionate about so now we're just happy to put new stuff out we plan on getting back in the studio and just now we're going to pump more music out uh regardless of what happens Awesome. So I guess let's get into some more life itself because we, we haven't really got into too much of the history of the band. Now, is this like your first rodeo being in, you know, a, a serious band? This is my most serious band, but no, it's not my first rodeo. Um, I've been playing bands for like more than a decade, I'd say, um, with like a little bit of touring experience. Uh, but this is the most structured. I would say band I've been in, you know, cause like back in the day it was easy to just do weekenders or, you know, just throw together, uh, you know, five to 10 shows and, you know, you should call it a, a quote unquote tour. But, uh, this one is definitely the, the band with the most structure I've ever been in. Okay. And how did you come about forming the band? And like, are these just like guys that you've kind of come in contact with being in the New <laughs> Jersey scene or like, are these, High school mm-hmm. friends who's in life itself. Uh, well, the drummer Joe, he's actually been my friend for about fifteen years. Uh, so I'm very happy that he's in this band. He he wasn't originally. It took a lot of convincing to get him to to leave his old band and join this one. Um, but it actually has to do with hockey. So it's very funny that we're talking about this. Uh, the way life itself formed. Um, I went to a pretty much like like a like a thrift store that I sold like like old hockey equipment. Uh, when I was like getting into hockey like a while ago, 
and Skid Ray, and we just became casual friends uh, from, you know, just me being in the store all the time. And eventually he was like, hey, are you in a band? I was like, not in this moment, but why do you ask? And he was like, oh, I have like all these demos of like some songs. Like, do you want to listen to them and let me know what you think? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm listening to them for the first time. And I was like, wow, I really like all these songs. And I know exactly how I would write lyrics to any of the songs. So I, I reached back out to him. I was like, hey, I was like, you know, would you be interested in like getting back, getting back together one of these days? And maybe like do some demos and, and to see what happens. He's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, and then we just got some friends together that he knew to record some demos, do some like small shows. And it just kind of worked out that we just kind of had the the same flavor of music. Uh, the like we just like the same things. And then I'd say probably about a year later, we recruited Joe. He finally got to the demos. He really liked them. Um, and we got together for some practices. And then, you know, you have to like be in the same room as guys in order to get that vibe. I think that was the problem with him. He just didn't feel the vibe right away. But once you just get like a good group of dudes, that's when you know that uh, you find something special. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's how it started. But it was... Because I was going to store just, you know, buying like old skates <laughs> and like you no know, sticks and stuff like that. And it was like, hey, you have tattoos and look like a guy that plays music. You want to play music with me? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And it was just that simple. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. what what's like the time frame of this? Because, you know, I, I'm seeing that you have like your, you know, a few single releases. You have your album, The More You Love, The More You Lose. Um, that came out in 2019. So, like, mm. when did life itself really start to form? Like the the what you consider like the band now? Like, uh, I, I mean, me personally, I say about 2017. I think was the year. Like when we started like uh, doing the demos of the stuff that was on the more you love, the more you lose. Um, but the band really kind of became like a cohesive unit probably in like 2018. Okay. Okay, so yeah. you're still fairly, you still know, young. still young. You're still kind of rookies at this. Um, now, you 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 did kind of mention the the singles that you have been been dropping recently. Um, mm. I guess can you tell us a little more about how you know those came to be and like were you recording them pre-pandemic or did you actually get into the studio like in the middle of all of this? We actually started doing pre-pro right before uh, the pandemic broke out. And then actually, we actually had to hit pause because we couldn't get into the studio because that's when like the whole world kind of went into shutdown mode, um, you know, in the middle of March. Uh, so we like beginning of March, we had the pre-pro of everything done. And then the middle of March was when we were supposed to go into the studio to go to graphic nature. Um, and, uh, I think it was Will Putney who told our engineer, he was like, yeah, no, no one's allowed in the studio right now. You're, you're, you're beat. You're going to have to do something else in the meantime. But we were so adamant about continuing the recording process. We recorded, I'd say at least about half of it at, uh, our producer, Matt Guglielmo. We like went to his house and like tracked guitars and tracked the vocals and then just kind of sat on it for about a month or so until we were able to go into the studio finally to track drums and whatnot. So we kind of did everything backwards from what you think, because you know, most bands obviously start with drums, but that was actually the last thing that we ended up doing. That's actually kind of p picks my curiosity a little bit. So like how, how 
like how 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 is that managed? In what way? So like, if, so if you have like a you know, so if you have like your your drummer coming in, like you know, even if like you you tracked drums, uh, you know, like the, I guess what I'm asking is like the nuances of of having like a drummer come in last. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it hard to work backwards, or was it did it just kind of fit for you guys? Uh, no, actually, it was pretty smooth. We had really good pre-pro drums, like they were programmed. Okay. Um, and yeah, no, the the recording process for guitars and everything went incredibly smooth. Uh, for me, the vocal tracking was a little bit difficult. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I think drums were actually, if if Joe was here, he can tell you, uh, the drums went super easy for him. I think I think he did uh, both songs in like less than two hours. Just oh wow. He was in and out. He, he flew through that. I was very impressed. Excellent. Yeah, that, I, I like. I know. Um, I've I've seen that some with some bands where they they go in and they they have them. Uh, you know, the drums. Um, uh, programmed. You programmed. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I've I've heard of like horror stories of like you know, <laughs> getting programmed drums that are like nearly impossible, especially with like post hardcore and hardcore bands that are like almost like impossible to replicate because of like the way that they're programmed and 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 stuff and you know, horror stories about just not being able to to get the uh the exact kind of like flow that you wanted mm-hmm. uh but it's i mean it's cool to hear that that it, it worked out for you guys I, I just like it comes to mind like as i there's one buddy i had who uh i used to like write some music i used to write midi music back in the day and there was like this big uh you know, website where a lot of guys came together and collaborated and shared music. And there's this one guy who specifically did that, but he wasn't a drummer. So he like, he programmed things that were like literally not playable. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I've gone through like five or six drummers to try to find someone that could do this stuff. And it's like, well, bro, it's because you like, that's, it's not playable. No drummer. Like Joey Jordan's drums. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Just like absurd stuff, but that's super cool. I, I, I love to hear that. So, um, so, as far as the the musicality and the writing process in the band, um, would you say that like s- someone brings the more of the melodicism to the band, whereas someone brings more of like the kind of riffiness and edginess? How is that? How is that mix work out for you guys when you're creating? Um, well, when we did the more you love, the more you lose, it was this kind of uh, our guitar player had these songs. I was like, they're pretty much perfect don't change virtually anything to them. Okay. You know, the, they're good. I will just drop the vocals on it. And then uh, when we went to the studio, uh, Joe did his own drum thing. He obviously, because uh, he wasn't in the band at the time, he's like, all right, yep. cool. I'll join this. I'll join this band, but I'm going to do the drums the way I want to do them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they came out great. Um, but then when we did uh, our last previous single, Grayscale, and then the new ones that we've been working on, that these are more of a, a cohesive, group effort uh when it comes to the the music even with the lyrics uh it was uh, a big group effort which is something that uh i've never been used to but uh they 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 worked out i think these these singles are are pretty great oh for sure so why don't we we talk about those singles so you have away from it all which Mm -hmm. has um the the let me let me pause you right there because i know i sent you the songs uh we are don't name drop the second person we can allude to it but we can't mention it <laughs> gotcha <laughs> yep no no we, totally we, understand. We but but it, it also does have another feature so like are are these 
essentially just going to be like sing- singles that stand alone by themselves, or is there a bigger release that they will be a part of? Uh, for Away From It All, and then the next single, these are just going to be standalone singles, uh, just as a like bridge stuff between the last album and the one that we're going to be working on for the summer. But okay. uh, yeah, so we have those two, and then I think we're going to be working on another two that we're going to be going to the studio during the winter. Those may or may not ended up uh, making the record. You know, we're still not too sure yet. We haven't really talked about it. But the the first two, they're going to be singles. Gotcha. And do you plan on doing a video for the next single as well? Uh, it's it's tough. Uh, because as you can see, uh, the Away From It All video did not have Brian in it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we tried our best to make it work, but him being up in Connecticut and in the midst of lockdown, it was just really hard for him to come down. So it didn't really work out uh, for the next video or excuse me. I think for the next video, we're just doing um, like a, a visual. I guess that's what you call it. What bands have been putting out lately during the quarantine. Um, and if it goes, goes over well enough, maybe we can do a, a video afterwards. You know, maybe we can talk the other person into coming to Jersey to do the video. We'll see. OK, very cool. It's not it's not that far if they <laughs> wanted to cross the bridge. All right, so you 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 dropped the, the hint yourself. I like it. <laughs> I I will drop hints all day long. I will just not say their name. And do you have a time frame for when it's coming out? Yeah, uh, we're aiming for Thanksgiving. Okay, for the next one to be out. So not too far. Hmm. Cool. So um, I I know the 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 first single you just dropped uh with Brian from Currents um you you guys have played with Currents before, right? Yeah, a couple times. Okay, so um, what was the tour looking like that you were going to go on in, like, March? Did you have, like, bands that you were hitting the road with? Uh, I don't really remember uh, who we were planning on going on the road with. It was nobody big like that. Um, Like, were you trying to hint, like, maybe if it was with Currents? (laughs) Try it. That'd be nice. Uh, You know, Brian, Chris, if you guys want to make that happen. That'd be a that'd be a cool thing, but uh, no, it it wasn't with them. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool though. It was just gonna be something uh something small, just because uh like you said a band as young as we are, it's hard to make more connections until you get that road experience. That's what uh labels and stuff like that want before uh, before anything else can happen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like so, ha- I I know that you guys are are fairly new. Have you done like full east coast or are you still staying pretty much northeast um i've done some tours in the past uh they were like i said like in like years earlier it was much easier to book tours because there were so many more venues like you know there was like uh like small bars or you know bfw halls and stuff like that so it was much easier to book tours back then you didn't really need like a, a touring agent to make those things happen um there's definitely a lot of shit show stories from those tours <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're gonna tell us that there's some shit shit show stories from those tours and not regale us with one, would you like uh, an anecdote? Oh, I, dude, I would love an anecdote because one really comes to mind, and it's it's fucking great. <laughs> um, so are you guys familiar with uh, Danbury, Connecticut? Um. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Good. So you know that is historically fucking weird there. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
uh, nice people, but they're all fucking weirdos. Yep. Um, and uh, a few years ago, uh, we were on like a like a makeshift tour, and we were playing this place called Heirloom Arts Theater. It was like a show that we just randomly picked up. Yep. It was with uh, within the ruins. And the world we knew, if you remember those guys. Of course. Yeah. We had um uh what uh we had uh Tim on who I think was in the world we knew. Uh, really? Obviously who who's now in uh, uh for an autopsy. For an autopsy, yeah, but uh, awesome. No, great. I love love to hear that. Yeah, keep keep it going. <laughs> yeah, so so we so we picked up a show in uh Danbury, Connecticut. Uh we were in I think we might have been in like in like Long Island the day before, like some like weird hall. And we knew that our show the next day got dropped. So we literally were just like asking people at the show, like, hey, we don't want to go home. Can you help us find another show like just to pick up tomorrow? And someone's like, oh, go to this place, talk to this person, and it'll be great. So we show up, we get to the venue like as soon as they open, and we're like, hey, we're this band. We're from out of town. Our tour, like this date got dropped. We want to play your show today. We don't want any money. You know, we'll play first. We don't care. And they were like, all right, great. Because back then it was just that simple, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, all right, cool. So yeah, you guys can play doors. Just show up, play, set up your merch, and you know, it'll be great. And that ended up actually being like one of like the coolest shows like we ever played. Like uh, it was a really great venue. I don't think it exists anymore though. Um, but like we had you know, the, all the kids that did show up at the time, they, they were great. People bought stuff. They were talking to us. And we're like, all right, cool, great. Well, after this, we're going to leave and, you know, go to the nearest Walmart parking lot, sleep there until we had to go to upstate New York the following day. Mm -hmm. But some kids there were like, oh, uh, if you want, you can come stay with us. You know, you can you know shower. We'll feed you guys. You know, give you whatever you want. And we're like, yeah, yeah, maybe uh, we'll think about it. Same thing with uh, the promoter came up to us like outside like after the show and he was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, you guys were great. Uh, I was really, you know, uh, impressed by you guys. You know, being such young kids, uh, I, you know, I want to take you guys to my place, and I want you to, you know, sleep here. I'll feed you. You guys can shower, do whatever you want." And we're like, "Oh, that's weird. Someone just offered to do the same thing to us before, but you know, we'll, we'll get back to you." But we really weren't interested. We just wanted to do our thing and just move on to the next show, move on to the next state. So we reached Walmart and it was a really hot summer night. Some of us were sleeping in the van. Some of us were sleeping out on the asphalt. And I remember falling asleep on the asphalt outside in the sleeping bag. And like about four o'clock in the morning, there's a car parked in front of us with the headlights on. And it obviously it wakes me up and I'm like, Oh, maybe it's like the cops or something. You know, I really don't know what this is. And it's the promoter from the show. Whoa. And I was like, uh, hey, man, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he was like, oh, I just wanted to check on you guys, see how you're doing. You know, I, I just really couldn't believe that, you know, I offered you a place to stay and offered you all this stuff. And you chose to sleep in a Walmart parking lot. And we're just trying to make excuses. You know, I was very startled. And he's like, all right, well, you know, whatever. I was just getting food. I was just passing through. And uh, cool. Well, good luck. You know, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. And he moved on. Next day, we're all at like McDonald's. We're charging our phones and whatnot. And uh, my friend calls his dad. And, you know, he tells us at that point, you know, we don't know anything about Danbury, Connecticut. And uh, I think there's like, is there a prison there or like a, a mental asylum there that's like really famous? 
Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a some sort of a um, like a psych psychiatric hospital or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I think that's what it was, <laughs> and what we later found out was the place where both the kids from the show and the promoter it was basically like a crack den where they all live. There's this like this weird hardcore crack den community in in Danbury, Connecticut, and. Oh, God. Good thing we opted not to go there because I don't think we would have made it out alive. That definitely oh. sounds like a like you ever see the movie Green Room, like something that probably would have happened to us. <laughs> that is that is gnarly, man. That is I really going to be like, yeah, I, I was going to offer you my wife or like something weird like that. <laughs> Come here and have sex with my wife. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, no, we looked it up and where the venue was, where they lived and where we were. Were t- was about 20 miles in the opposite direction. So he was lying when, when he said he was on his way home. He went very much out of his way to the Walmart to find us. Dude, that and is... That's, that's the, the, the very eerie part. Oh, I, uh... And I, I think I can live with, like, not knowing what his intentions were. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I need to take, like, a, like a nice cold shower right now, because that... <laughs> <laughs> that really that really creeps me out but and you know what the funny thing is i mean like i i, I bet if if we if you pressed more people like i'm sure a lot of bands that have gone through and played at heirloom arts and danbury connecticut probably have very similar stories about like some random weirdo following them around you know, <laughs> come stay at my house i have I have canned, I've pickled food for you. Definitely. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus, man, that is yikes. But yeah, no, Danbury, that's a weird place, man. Hat, <laughs> Hat City, they call it, because apparently it was like the, like America's top place to get like hats, like in what? like the 20s or 30s. Yeah, I'm not even lying. It was like, like one of the hats? top. Yeah, like it was one of the top hat manufacturers in like the entire country. That's um, a weird thing to be proud of. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, what else? What else you got? In Danbury, Connecticut. You got, you got hats. You got creeps. It's, <laughs> it's all fantastic. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I just have one, one last question for you, mm-hmm. uh, and it really comes down to, you know, 2020. We've been in this, in this, you know, shit storm of a pandemic, and it's been rough for everyone. But, you know, the one thing about it is you know some people have had more time to kind of uh, explore you know new music and explore new new media and all this kind of stuff so for 2020 you know if you could just pick we'll just say like three records that mm-hmm. you you know even if they're not hardcore records if they all are awesome but like three <clears throat> records that you could say that like you found in 2020 that like you can't stop listening to that have helped you get through you know, easy. all of this craziness. Yeah. Easy. That's very easy for me. All right. All right. So first up, we got uh, the new Alpha Wolf record. Amazing. Okay. I'm not that, familiar. I got to check that out. I, I was neither. They, they're on Sharp Tone Records. Okay. Uh, they just, I, I think they put out a couple records from the past, but the new one that just came out, I think it's called uh, A Quiet Place to Die. Okay. Holy fucking shit. From front to back. It is really, really heavy. It is. They are a very impressive band. Sick. They awesome. they kind they kind of remind me of um, um your, but not as corny. 
Okay. Just okay. like they're like extremely like in that vein, but they just they take themselves super fucking seriously. Like um, kind of, like deathcore sludgy kind of deal. Mm, not so sludgy, but like definitely like that like, deathcore kind of sound. Okay. Um, and I'm not even into that kind of stuff, but okay. cool. It was I was blown away by how good of a fucking record that was. Um, new movements. Um, because like our, obviously our music isn't completely heavy. There's obviously some emotional stuff, uh, that revolves around our sounds. Uh, so new movements, that new record that just came out. That's yeah. really great. I, I gotta, I, I just gotta interject because I've been listening to that record ad nauseum and it's, it's kind of funny because every time I play through the record, I end up finding like a new song that on that record that like I love. So when I first, you know, heard the record in full, you know, they, that, you know, I kind of was hanging on to the to the singles, um, and then I uh, I ended up like you got through the record and I listened. To, you know, I, I hit Seneca, and I was like, this one this one hurts, man. So like I was on I was on Seneca like over and over, and then I and then I hit Twelve Weeks, and I was like, this one rips too. So that's <laughs> one of those records that I just keep coming back to. But uh, lo- love to hear that that uh, that one, and if. Uh, I don't know if Ira, if you're out there, uh, I, I hear you're you're a sports guy, and I hear you want to come onto Bar Down Breakdown. So <laughs> let's make it happen. Uh, and all right, so third record, third record. Uh, yeah. I think this came out. Of, I think this may have came out pre-pandemic. That's how old it is. Uh, but it's still 2020. It was uh, the new Loathe record. I let it in, and it took everything. Okay. Are I've, you guys Are you guys familiar with Loathe? I'm not familiar with them. I've heard of them, not super familiar with them, but another another record that uh, you know, at, at your insistence, I'll definitely check out. But very, I, uh, very like Deftones. Okay, but like they have moments of like being extremely heavy, like more than Deftones, and then they have like very like euphoric songs too, like Two Way Mirror, where if like you just like listen to it with like a like a lava lamp or something, it's 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 something else. And speaking speaking of the Deftones, uh, what's your uh, what's your take on their newest record? I haven't still uh, sat down to indulge it yet. Okay, but I will happily get back to you guys uh, with my thoughts. Oh, definitely do, man. I, I, uh, it's you know, anytime a new Deftones record comes out, there's always, you know, it's 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 clearly a Deftones record. There's always a little bit of a spin on it, um, and uh, but I, I definitely do want to hear what you think about it because I've got some some mixed feelings about it. And mm. um, one other thing, I'll uh, I'll I'll impart upon you to to see if you can search out and listen to it. Uh, just because um, I uh, I listened to it today at someone's recommendation, but uh, Greg Pusciato from the Dillinger Escape Plan mm-hmm. put out, uh, you know, obviously if you're into that kind of stuff, put out of course a <laughs> a solo record, and uh, it is it's it's wacky, man. It's probably as wacky as you'd expect that you know beefed up maniac to put out, but <laughs> it's it's like it walks, it's like experimental metal. Uh, a little weird. Some of that, like, kind of Dillinger, like, mathy stuff in there. But then, like, right smack in the middle of a record, there's like a song that, like, honestly could be on like a hundredth, like a one of the newer hundredth records, or like, or like, like a new balancey like, and composure. Shoegazy. Yeah, right. Kind of like shoegazy, a little like, kind of harkening back to like, you know, like dream pop sort of stuff. Like, I don't know. It's. It's out there. It's 15 tracks. It's like a 65 minute record. It's long as shit. But if you get a chance to listen to it, man, I, I was really impressed. I think if I put it on for Mikey, he would like he would throw up because he just like <laughs> like 
I, I, I just, I know, like, just, just, it, it's very interesting, man. When you know someone as long as Mikey and I have known each other, like we have, he sometimes like will, will surprise me. Like, you know, he put me on to you guys. He was like, yo, you got to check out this band. They're super duper heavy. And I'm like, what do you know about heavy, bro? Like you hate <laughs> heavy. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, you, you got to listen to these guys. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You're usually not my, you know, my main man to, to put me onto this stuff, but you know, mm. and here I am thinking like, you know, Mikey's version of heavy is like, you know, reinventing your exit by under oath. And then like, I listen listen. To you there's, guys. there's nothing wrong with under oath. No. And there's nothing wrong with under oath, dude. <laughs> I love under oath, but, but like when he said heavy, mm. he meant friggin' heavy. The, so. the, the new stuff is definitely a lot heavier than the more you love is. Okay. Um, I don't know if he showed you both of the songs that I sent him. No, he, uh, he showed me, uh, the, the one with, um, uh, with the currents feature. I have not had sent, the, sent him, send him the other one. The other one's even heavier. It's really good. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, Mikey told me, you know, a little bit about that track and, uh, you know, I, um, I, I'm definitely interested to listen to it. I, uh, I definitely think, um, you know, That's, it's, it, it's a doozy. Yeah, sometimes you yeah. got a badge and sometimes you got a bullet, but you know, it's a doozy. <laughs> wow. You just went and did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to edit it out. We can edit it out, but you know, man. No, no, no. No, it's good. Keep it. <laughs> uh, but um but yeah, no. I'm um I'm I'm stoked to hear it. Uh you know, any any anything that uh you know is as heavy as you guys um you know, I I, I always love to to branch out to because you know, my my I I grew up getting into hardcore with, you know, bands like Poison the Well and and hopes fall and shy halud and like all Ricky. that kind of melodic hardcore so like that is love shy love poison the well oh dude uh, and and like that is where my my love that, lies and then that's it, that's our music uh, there's actually a, we actually covered nerdy if you look it up on youtube oh that's awesome i gotta i gotta check it out and you know what the best thing about it is there's a kind of there's a little bit of a revival of that style of of music i mean like right now one of my favorite hardcore bands is counterparts you know it's just like melodic hardcore i'm not buying the hoodie uh, you shouldn't buy the hoodie. It's a hundred dollars hoodie. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone. Out Sorry, there, I had to. No, that's fine. I don't know if anyone out there is following this, but like Brendan from Counterparts, who also um, I, I heard you might be a Leafs fan. So if you're listening to this, you should come on the show too. But um, yeah. but yeah, there's a there's a hundred dollar hoodie out there that Counterparts is selling, and like uh, <laughs> their lead singer is defending it, but also not defending it, but also defending it. Uh, uh, yeah, him and him and Manny, they're they're interesting characters. Um, obviously, <laughs> like I said, uh, they like they record at Graphic Nature. If you guys yeah. are with that studio, we also record at Graphic Nature. Um, so it, it's interesting to to brush shoulders with with bands and people like that. Absolutely, yeah. And and from what I could tell, they're 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 wacky guys. I think they're uh, they're Torontonians. I don't know if that's what you call. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about Toronto specifically, but they're from Ontario. Okay, so Ontarians. Ontarians. Ontarian. San Diego. San Diegoites. <laughs> uh, but uh, dude, love to hear it, man. That's awesome, and I'm really, really excited to uh, to to peep that track, and uh, you know, just kind of kind of follow you guys and see what's next for you, because uh, you know, I think that uh, you know, based on the production of the stuff that you have out, uh, you know, what I see. From people that are interacting with you, uh, you know, you guys have like a tremendous future and, you know, we really do super appreciate, you know, the time you've taken to, to kind of be on here and chat with us. Um, 
Mikey, you uh, you said you had like one final question you wanted to to uh, to throw before we lead it on out. Yeah. So with all the 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 talk of these re- reverse retro jerseys, do you mm-hmm. hope the Devils bring back the the you know the little bit of green accent? If they went full green, nothing would make me happier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love the retro green jerseys. I know that's a very unpopular opinion, but if they brought those back full time, I would be stoked. All right, there you and go. that's that on that. That that that's all I needed Th- to know. Didn't have to think twice about it. <laughs> all right, man, Sean, it really has been a blast. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, can't, can't wait for the next single to drop uh, around Thanksgiving time, and you know to to continue following along and and seeing what what else uh, life itself has for us. Awesome, guys! It was a pleasure being here. All right, man. We'll talk to you Bye. soon. Thank you. Be well. All right. Peace. You too, man. Bye. We're back in it. 
Mikey, thank you for telling me about Life Itself because they're dope. I can't wait for their new music coming out, their new single, uh, you know, that uh, they just posted up and the one that's going to be dropping in about a month or so. Uh, it's going to be fantastic, man. It's going to be um, it's just, you know, awesome Look at stuff. Me taking the reins like. I feel like the past year, I've definitely turned you on to more music than you've turned me, turned me on to the last year. Yeah, I would um, I would agree with that. There are definitely a, a couple of bands that have gone into my uh, my my listening repertoire that uh, you know you've been able to unearth and uncover. And you know, for that, I appreciate it, man. You know, I uh, it's not always easy. Well, I shouldn't say that. It is easy, but it's time consuming to uh, to try to find a lot of new bands. You know, you go through you know, Spotify, similar artists and all that kind of stuff and hope you find something cool. But, um, you've definitely put me on to some, some cool stuff, man. And, and, you know, I, I, I can appreciate that. Um, I can also appreciate, you know, the fact that you've expanded your horizons. And I, you know, in our interview, I made fun of you for it and I'll probably still make fun of you for it. But, you know, the fact that you would even listen to like a song from a band as heavy as life itself is kind of a testament to, you know, your horizons broadening. So I think that's super cool. Yeah. Speaking of horizons broadening, like it took every ounce of me to actually go and listen to that Machine Gun Kelly pop punk album. <laughs> Just because like I've been seeing it like every like popping up everywhere. Yeah. And people are saying like, oh, like this is great pop punk. I'm like, is it really great pop punk? So I, I did listen to like. I haven't listened to the whole album yet, but I did listen to like the the singles off of it. Yep. And it's definitely uh something that you could pl- put on like a tailgate playlist or something like and <laughs> it would kind of be appealing to the masses. Okay. Um a little more like poppy than maybe we like. Um Okay. However, it does also still have like some like r&b and like even like hip-hop flares in it which is kind of okay. cool like i kind of yeah. like that direction sure so i'm not gonna write it off as like being awful and i'm not gonna like say it's the best pop punk album i've ever heard but like it's cool and like i don't hate machine gun kelly as a person like i think he's kind of cool like he had that show of roadies that i thought was pretty cool um he had um you know, obviously the Motley Crew like mockumentary that they did. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Like, Absolutely. I think he's a a cool dude, and I think he does like actually enjoy uh, like alternative music and like this genre. Yeah. So it's not like he like made like a mockery of pop punk. Yeah, and I think that, and I think that's what's important. You know, is that like I think it it's a an actual genuine you know kind of crossover into you know, a kind of music that interests him that, you know, maybe might not be his first niche. And I think that's a cool thing because, you know, when you get to be on the level of, of where Machine Gun Kelly is, you could do something like this and you can write a completely alternative record and it'll get into the, the ears of people. Like I, I always like had bullshit and like thought about that kind of stuff. Like what if like, you know, I love all this like punk and alternative music. Like what if I just like, sold out and wrote like a pop record and then wrote another pop record and got like super famous. And then like my third record just like went back to like my roots and I just forced all these people to listen to like a punk record, uh, just because like, I love it. And I mean, like who the fuck's like, there's no real rule that says you can't do something like that. And I, I applaud machine gun Kelly for, 
for doing something like that. I'll be honest, I, I haven't listened to it yet. Um, I'm gonna give it a spin. Um, now we need and, just like uh, Post Malone to follow his in his footsteps because we do know dude, that Post Malone's like into this kind of music too. Oh, I mean, one of the coolest things that I, I ever saw Post Malone do was when he did that uh, that Nirvana set, uh, you know, with Travis Barker. I mean, like that that shit was spot on, man. I mean, it was super cool. Did you did you get a chance to to check that out? Yeah, yeah. I it, oh, you I, did, I'm yeah. I'm super like I've been a Post Malone fan kind of since he came onto the scene. Okay. Um, I, I just have a lot of respect for him and, you know, how he's kind of, you know, bringing a little edgier, like, hip-hop onto, like, top 40 radio. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a super talented dude, is Post Malone. And, um, you know, and then I think that's that's something that Post Malone and Machine Gun Kelly share. Like, even if you don't love what they create, they're they're talented guys. They're talented musicians. Um, you know, they're, you know, some, some of their music is, you know, a bit overproduced and some of it is written by other people, but you know, they are talented enough where, you know, they can cultivate this, this great stuff and, um, you know, kind of bend the genres. So I, I think that's, that's super cool. Um, what I also think is super cool, um, that, uh, you know, we kind of started and put into our rotation is we are, uh, going to keep you abreast with what's going on with a little uh, segment called former Fridays. Now what we're doing is, uh, you know, we've had so many guests on, you know, over the almost 90 episodes we've had and to keep you up to date with what's going on with our old guests, we want to let you know when they have new music, new singles, new records dropping. So every Friday, uh, you know, Friday being the, you know, the day that records come out, uh, we're going to just remind you of uh, the guys we've had on the show, the new music they got going out. Uh, make sure that you go and, uh, you know, save their music, download their stuff on Spotify or Apple Music, um, you know, get those plays up for them because um, a lot of cool stuff is uh, is on the horizon. What uh, I mean, we've got tomorrow. Uh, I think we've got our, our, our homies and dear youth, right, are uh, are officially dropping their record now. Yeah, isn't that right? Well, so this would now be past Friday. Oh yeah, Friday that's right. Because... because this is our episodes. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Friday the 23rd, which to me is tomorrow, but to future me is behind us. But at any rate, um, you know that new record is coming out, which we are super excited about. Um, you know they had given us the opportunity to give it a spin, uh, and uh, it is such a great record. It really is, and. Um, uh, you know, but there's a lot of great stuff coming out and we'll compile that all that for you tomorrow or to us tomorrow to future you guys and future us whenever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting to get twisted, man. This is this is weird. It's parallel realities. I'm not I'm not sure I like it very much. I kind of want a blanket and a hot cup of tea. Touche, man. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> someone someone hold me accountable for this because. I, I really feel passionate about this and like, you know, being able to just, you know, kind of put on some people's radars, the new music, especially from our former guests who we love Absolutely. so much. So like, I, I, I just want to make sure that I keep up with it. So if I, if I slack or if I'm like, it's like Friday at 5 PM and you're like, wait, where's my former Friday? Hit me up and just be like, yo, Mikey. Get 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 with it because I got a crazy life right now, um, but I, I I do want to keep that up. Um, also, you know, 
as we've mentioned on, on past episodes, those bar down breakdown, 32 ounce bottles came in. We are going to be selling them for cost. So I know on the previous episodes, we were saying $39. We're going to sell them for 25 bucks. Just move them, get them to the people, get them to you beautiful people who we love so much. We don't need to make money off of you guys. So we're going to sell them for exactly what we paid for them and uh, get them out to you. Um, yeah. All- I mean, listen, eventually we want to make money off you guys. <laughs> yeah. We're coming Eventually. for you, Chicklets. Yeah, we're doing it. But then uh, <laughs> we we also got some shirt designs coming your way with a sweet collaboration. We can't wait to be able to officially announce that. We've hinted at it, but we're going to make an official announcement. That's coming soon. Um, just cool stuff. Yeah. As always, working with the Hockey Podcast Network is a blast. Um, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, and, and uh, if you if you get an opportunity... Uh, to jump over to uh, to the Hockey Podcast Network and check out all the other awesome uh, content that they've got going on because they've got a lot of uh, you know people on the network that we're really proud to stand next to that are doing a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, a lot of really interesting, cool interviews, a lot of cool content. So you know, go make sure if you uh, haven't had the opportunity to uh, get on with the Hockey Podcast Network and follow all of the other content creators and all the other awesome podcasts. Um, you know, we, uh, we're, we're very, very thankful to be a part of, uh, that organization and to be step in step next to all these people that are doing great stuff. So, uh, you know, go out there, get a chance, go listen, enjoy yourselves, former Friday, water bottles, shirt designs. We got it all coming. Uh, and I am very, very happy to, uh, to, you know, to be a part of this enterprise with my good friend, Mikey, who has kept the baby alive for three weeks. And, uh, <laughs> I'm very, very, very proud of him. But, um, I did receive my water bottle. Uh, it's sitting in my mailbox. Mikey's very angry about it because I was supposed to be the last one to get it. But you know, man, I, I guess I got it. I guess I got it before. So it's I good. Was, uh, it was just out of convenience, to be honest. So don't feel too oh, special. Wow. I had to oh, send convenience. Wow, I had to send wow. a few other water bottles out to some some of our homies. So I was like, you know what? I'm at the I'm at the post office. Might as well try to make Tom's day. Wow, wow, Danny, Danny at the <laughs> post office. All right, guys, I'm losing my mind. I love all of you guys. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do what we do. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Again, like I said, make sure to check out our playlist. We've got new music on it all the time. Make sure to check out the uh, Life Itself song that we're going to be popping on there and all of the awesome guests that we've had. We've got some cool stuff coming up for you in the next couple of weeks. As always, uh, every Tuesday, uh, you know where to find us and you know what we're talking about. We're talking about hockey. We're talking about music and we are not talking about Rick DiPietro. Fuck that guy. I want to talk about Rick. I want to talk about Rick DiPietro. I love that guy. He is awesome. I do, I do not love that guy. I do not love him, Sam. I am. Guys, thank you so much. We love you. Mikey. All right. Do Tom. the damn thing. It's been real. Peace be with you. And also with you. you. I'm calling this late. 
And I've been trying not to lose my cool I know it's hard for you to relate I had to hit you up because I couldn't get you off of my mantle Played my heartstrings, yeah that shit disrespectful Yeah I met you downtown then you left in a rental Sticking to my brain like the cocaine oh. on that night Bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks.